0: Some of the free shows this season include Is Kali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Will local liquor stores make it through the holiday season? And who's to blame if they don't? We're talking about all the latest food news today from wine sales and grocery stores to the TikToker who ate over 14 pounds of food in a single day. Plus our picks for your weekend. Today is Thursday, November 30th. I'm Bree Davies and here's what Denver's talking about. Newsletter editor, Peyton Garcia. Good morning. Good morning, Bree. Executive producer, Paul Caroli. Hi.
1: Hey, good morning, Bree. Thank you for my full formal title. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And I will ignore the disrespect of every previous introduction.
0: (laughs) I just thought about it because I saw it in an email or something and I was like, oh yeah, Paul's executive producer now. So congratulations.
1: Yeah, thank you. You're um, my wife is making fun of me. She's calling me Dick Wolf.
0: <laughs> bum, bum, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's rules. Actually, good call, Megan. Good joke. Hundred percent right. 10, 10, ten out of ten. No notes. Tell Megan. Thank you. <laughs> Um, (laughs) But we're not talking about law and order today. We're talking about food. We're talking about food news. We're looking at a story about how local liquor stores are doing since the wine and grocery stores legislation passed. So last November, we voted as a state to um, make it okay for grocery stores to sell wine. So prior to this, they could sell just beer. Is that right, you guys?
1: I can't remember. I think so. That's what I remember.
0: I believe so. But it was a big deal because then I've complained several times that half my grocery store became a wine store. King Supers is now a wine store. But yes. what <laughs> which is something else, <laughs> but um so CPR went out and talked to some local liquor store owners to see how they were doing. This legislation went into effect in March. Um I think they were probably checking in. It seemed to me it's like this is this this is a time. This is a season it's shopping like anything else. Um, but it's a holiday time, so we're buying liquor for parties and, you know, all kinds of things. And so they looked at and they talked to a couple owners of uh, local liquor stores and they basically are kind of like we're waiting to see. But so far, it's kind of not been great for them. And I know that local liquor stores really, really campaigned hard to get folks to vote against it because essentially it's taking that stop that you might make after the grocery store at the local liquor store and putting it into an option in the grocery store. Uh, paul, where do you where do you land on this, like, buying wine
1: at the grocery store? I mean, my mind always goes to my neighborhood liquor store. What was my second favorite place to go <laughs> buy alcohol in my neighborhood. Um but, you know, here's the update since last time. It's still closed grapevine liquors on monaco oh, closed right. in the wake of this vote um i remember talking to the clerk there and he said you know it's not just losing wine but it's the sl- steady chipping away it's the wine and beer just together coming together rolling up into this impact that just made it not worth it for them anymore yeah. um so you know am i am i am i crying for the the local liquor store owners i don't know I don't know is that an important part of our local culture? That's kind of what was interesting to me about this article was how it compared Colorado to other states like mm. and how the the tourism um in mountain towns especially is leading to different kinds of impact on liquor sales here like because I guess according to this guy who runs this um alcohol like trade group. He was like, um, liquor stores in resort communities are getting hit harder than those on the front range because presumably all these tourists are already used to buying wine in grocery stores. And like, I don't know. I I thought that was fascinating. Fascinating.
0: Yeah, and now I'm thinking about it a little differently because I read that, too. But I, I see what he's saying and that, like, maybe their habits are already a certain way yeah. based on where they live versus just yeah. I'm in a new town. I'm stopping for a night. I'm already at the grocery store. I'll just grab some wine versus going down the strip mall to the local, you know, wine shop or whatever.
2: Um, Pay, do you have a devoted local liquor store in Erie that you go to? <laughs> Actually yeah so there isn't a lot out here in erie and the nearest king supers the nearest grocery store at all is a king supers that's an eight minute drive away from my house but there's a liquor store that's only a three minute drive from my house so that tends (laughs) to be where we get our alcohol however i would be lying if i didn't say that i tend to go for what's most convenient so if i'm at home and I'm trying to make a run, yeah, I'll just hit up the local liquor store. But if I'm at Costco, I'm gonna get my wine from Costco because they have great deals. If I'm at King Supers and I'm on a time crunch, I'm gonna just get my wine from King Supers. So, I mean, I think when they passed this measure, they were banking on all the people who put convenience first. And I think that that's most Americans. Um, yeah. You know what, though? You know what the secret is? What? Drive through liquor stores. My mom has one near her house, and that's the one she always hits up because convenience and she's oh lazy and doesn't want to get out of her car, so she just goes through the drive through liquor store
1: well, that's the thing though with these liquor stores, you have to offer something different now. You can't just offer the basics to compete with like you know what King Supers will stock, which will be like very simple, broad products or in maybe a small number of um, categories. So you could be like a specialty wine store and still maintain your market. But mm-hmm. if you're just going to be a liquor store that sells that same stuff, you're probably not going to be surviving yeah. right now.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, because obviously you're not going to be asking the the teenage grocery stalker for wine recommendations at King Supers, But if I wanted to get something really nice to pair with a nice dinner that I'm you know, hosting, I'm going to go to a liquor store and ask for their recommendations. Is that going to be enough to keep these people in business? My occasional dinner party that requires a nice wine? I don't know. Probably not. But I think that Paul's right. That's the way you have to think about it now, because if not, convenience is going to win every single time.
0: Yeah, the convenience thing is interesting, too, because it depends on what's convenient for you. So like the liquor store owner that they talked to for the story in CPR, uh, Dewey Kratzer owns Mondo Vino, which is at 32nd and Lowell. That's a kind of a walkable neighborhood, right? Folks that live around that may be more apt to walk there as to where me, I mean, well, no, that's not true. You can see bungalow liquors from my uh front porch. And my husband does <laughs> walk to it regularly. <laughs> I don't like it because he has to walk through one of the most dangerous intersections in the city. And so it makes mm. me nervous. But that convenience factor really kind of depends on where you live and or what, you know, because the driving thing too is drive throughs are a lot easier, especially when you're in the suburbs. You know what I mean? So um, but yeah, I, I, don't know. I thought a little bit about that and the idea that you were saying about, um, someone that knows wine, the wine expert and, uh, Mondovino in, on the North side, I know is one of these places and they kind of describe it as like people come in to talk to him about wine. So, but is that going to keep him in business? I don't know if that's enough, you know what I mean? And, in a quote from, from, uh, Dewey Kratzer, who owns Mondovino, he said, "You basically work the last two months of the year to get you through the first three months of the next year. It's just typically what the industry is. That's retail in mm-hmm. general. November, December, you're doing all your numbers before the dead zone of uh, kind of before spring hits. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board All right, our next story is um, about this uh, competitive eater, Rina Huang, who recently came to Colorado. And the headline here was that she ate seven pounds of noodles and a seven pound burrito uh, in one day, which is wild. But um, I think the the kicker of this story was this is not her first time to Colorado. This is actually her fifth time to Denver. Um, and Lily O'Neill at the Denver Post said that um, she was here this time primarily to eat at Asian eateries. Um, but she had been here in 2021 and uh, she was kicked out of a now closed pizza joint called Stevo's Pizza and Ribs after the owner was apparently upset and accused her of being a professional competitor trying to scam his business, which I (laughs) didn't know was a problem that these-
1: That guy is so misguided. He has got this completely upside down. This guy, I read this article, I watched this video. He was like, this was a few months ago, but I watched this, he's like angry that she's gonna come in and broadcast his terrible restaurant to millions of people. Yeah. All of these potential customers, because you don't want to get scammed on losing a hundred dollars for your food contest. Are you kidding me, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, that you can't wh- buy. Adver- what world do you live in?
0: You can't buy advertising for a hundred dollars that would reach that many people. Like, there's just you must no have been way. having
1: a bad day because that was like absurd to me.
0: I, I agree, and I think what was kind of a bummer was they he wouldn't comment, but his daughter commented and was like, "I am we are so sorry to her. Yeah. We are very embarrassed." He made a mistake. He made a mistake. Um, something that caught me though that Arena uh, the this this TikToker in question said was, "I'm not a professional eater because I'm not part of the professional eating league, and I don't compete in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest." So that is apparently where what the line is it. drawn. I know that
2: was kind of confusing <laughs> to me cuz she she was like very adamant like I am not a professional competitive eater. But she's but competitively I'm... eating. <laughs> eating. Why do you think she's a
1: professional eater? I think she's a professional uh like influencer, YouTuber. media, yeah, YouTuber personality, you know? Cuz that's where her money's coming from, not the restaurants, yeah. I don't think. Okay. She's getting like well, actually, I don't know where she's getting like sponsorship money from. Some of these guys have big sponsorship deals, these competitive eaters. I used to be very into this. There's lots of money in this. Like these people are well, very, spo- very popular. Uh, who
2: sponsors a competitive eater? Just a restaurant?
1: Yeah. Food brands, food brands, just all kinds and of And when you kind say very
2: stuff. into this, Paul, were you considering <laughs> a career in competitive eating? And speaking of bearing the lead...
1: No, I I never had the stomach for it, Peyton, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it is impressive though. I, I find it very impressive the, the athleticism of um of eating to to excess to the point that some of these people do. I, I always bought into that. I love it.
2: I mean, I every time like I watch videos or when I was reading these and I was watching some videos of of Renas, I was like, all I can think the entire time is how. How is she doing this? How? And um, there was a Denver Post article about a competitive eater who's based in Greeley. Her name is Mary Bowers. And she had a really great quote. Um, Well, the, the Denver Post article says, Bauer's typical strategy is to prime her stomach with lots of liquids to stretch it out ahead of time, and she uses a glass of water to dunk her buns in, because she does the hot dog eating contest, um, before eating them in the competition. (laughs) She said hot dogs are one of the more difficult competitive bites and require plenty of technique in terms of timing and rhythm. So there's like strategy (laughs) that goes into this. It
0: blows my mind. The other thing that I thought about though, Pei, was like we really enjoy food. You and I, yeah. we joke when we go out to eat with our husbands. It makes them crazy because we want an appetizer and we want a fancy drink and we want an entree and we want a dessert and we want an after dinner drink and we want everything. Yes. So it's but it's like so it's about the presentation and the different flavors and the going to my favorite restaurant. How do you see this fit into your idea of like when you think about what you think is wonderful about dining or quiz-
2: different cuisines? I don't know. That is such a good question for this conversation because I mean you're right. I'm I'm somebody who loves food and I'm somebody who loves to eat and I do it completely opposite of people like Rena. Like I like to take my time. I like it to be a long, <laughs> drawn out thing. I like to savor every single bite. So then my question is can you enjoy what you're eating if you're quite literally scarfing it down as fast as you can? I mean she's obviously enjoying what she's doing. She's taking pleasure in what she's doing, but I don't think it's because of the food, I think it's the the victory, maybe the like adrenaline. Yes,
1: exactly, exactly. She's an athlete. Yeah, she's yeah. an entertainer. To put that's why we're watching. That's why all of us who are so into this are watching because of the 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 aspiration, the pursuit of excellence. You know, that's that's what it's about. I have a good answer for your question, Bree. It's inspiration. That's the role she plays uh, in my dining experience. She's it's going to these how? places. She's devouring these things. She's loving these dishes. She's mm. she's going to restaurants I've never heard of. You know, I would never have heard of Chilin yeah. in Aurora's Stanley Marketplace. I didn't know about these places. They seem great. This they have seems a really, great. I'd love to try one.
0: I only know about it because they have a really cool sign sort of out front, which is just a giant bowl of ramen that's like sort of moving up and down with oh, the chopsticks have you seen that? that place it, it looks yeah. like the, f- the the ramen's kind of revi- uh, levitating paul i want to push back on that because there's a quote from her that struck me in one of the videos she said i like how the meat was minced so i didn't have to take a long time chewing <laughs> how is that enjoyable yeah. how is she enjoying the food
2: i don't well, know i don't i don't know i don't know." She Are, seems
1: to be, and I, that's uh, what it—that's what shows in the video. I mean, for me. some of seems like sure. she's having a good time. For
2: some it's of performance. Them. I mean, because because here's the I, here's the difference that I noticed. When it's just like, how fast can you eat a seven pound burrito? She kind of takes her time. She, I mean, takes her time as much time as a competitive food eater takes. But she like takes her time. She kind of enjoys the meal. She kind of banter's with the crowd or with the owner or the chef. But if you watched any of the challenges where she's on a time limit totally different I watched her eat a three pound burger in less than five minutes and like her whole demeanor changes like she's like squishing the burger up in her hand so that it's easier to stuff down so I mean like definitely different depending on the situation I good distinction pay you're right
0: she does both because I watched the video where she went to Brian's Brian's
2: Dumpling House. Yeah. Brian's mm-hmm.
0: Dumpling House in the DTC. And it was a totally different video. You're right. She's back in the kitchen watching them make dumplings, asking questions about the recipes, really digging into her food knowledge about what makes these types of dumplings different. She makes her own sauce for him at the table. So you're right. It's she's doing a, she's she's taking a sort of versatile approach to this conversation about food while making it about competitive eating as well as because the one about Brian's uh, Dumpling House was kind of a feature. It was like a featurey piece. Like, hey, I went to this place because I wanted to try it out. And here's all Yeah, the beautiful I think she does make. some
2: blogging. I think she yeah. not not only competitively eats, but she um, likes to eat food and talk about it on her YouTube. Um, good for her. And I'm happy no one yelled at her this time. Now we're going to talk
0: about this upcoming weekend stuff. We're doing things that looked exciting to us on the calendar across Denver Peyton, do you wanna do you wanna start
2: with your pick? Yeah, um, I'm excited for this one. I really wanted to do it last holiday season, but I couldn't because I was pregnant. Um, and what I want to <laughs> do is a Christmas cookie and beer tour. Um, I've exchanged Ooh. some emails with the owner of the company. It's called so it's it's a company called Denver Microbrew Tour, and they do beer tours around Denver year round, but they have a very short seasonal. Tour that's on offer. Um, it kicks off today, actually Thursday, and runs through December 28th. And you hit four different breweries in the Rhino area. You get to sample like 15 beers, more than more than 10 beers, I guess is what the website says. So you get to sample some 10 beers, and then you get to pair it with holiday cookies prepared by um, a local bakery at each stop. And I freaking love holiday cookies. And I really wanted to do this last year and pair it with some beers. Um, so that starts tonight. And it's $55 per person. It happens Thursdays and Sundays through December. Um, and you're supporting local, local breweries, a local bakery, a local tour company. Uh, it just sounds like a great time. So I'm super stoked to check that out.
0: Tell me about this beer and cookie combo. Because, I mean, obviously I don't drink, but even Besides that, I'm a milk and cookies person.
2: How does how do how does beer and cookies go together? What is that? How does that work? I'm not a beer and cookie expert. But I would say (laughs) in my experience, just like if you're if you have like a real like rich, dark, fudgy cookie, for instance, you might pair that with like a porter. Of some sort um Just like a heavier beer y- yeah right? like a dark heavy okay. stout porter type beer um but also if you have something that's maybe like a, a ginger doodle with like some cinnamon or vanilla you could pair that with like something that's a little bit lighter like a sweet caramely uh you know Ooh. like blonde i don't know not, maybe not a blonde beer but something like that that has hints so you can find all those like hints of certain flavors in different beers and pair those really well with certain types of cookies so like a sugar cookie might be with something crisper and lighter um versus you know like a porter type pairing um this is making so much more sense yeah now. so i mean i think Thank that you. sounds so fun and you would be you would be supporting local so that's my pick check that out uh denver micro brew tour the christmas beer and cookies tour awesome
1: that sounds Paul, incredible. I know, right? like Paul, this sounds like something incredible. you might enjoy. I'm looking it up and getting. I'm doing it right now. I'm putting it on my calendar. <laughs> I would love this. I would love this. It's, I don't want to bake cookies this year. I just want to eat them.
0: So fun. I, and some there's nothing about better than a fresh baked holiday cookie from a like a bakery. An expert. That sounds mm, so good. Um, Paul, other than the the beer and cookies tour you're going to be doing <laughs> with Peyton, what else are what else are uh, you looking at?
1: Well, my, my pick this weekend, um, well, honestly, just the two restaurants that uh, that Rena visited are kind of intriguing to me now. Um, but my pick is uh, there are two buildings that have kind of caught my fancy. And my pick is to, to just go out of your way, drive past, bike past. There's two buildings that both are claiming to be very green in the way they're branding themselves right now. One says it's the first carbon positive hotel that's just next to the city and county building. Um, and one and it looks like an aspen tree it's it's very interesting and the other end is the um that that building in rhino that has the canyon carved out of it and they're growing trees and stuff in there um they just totally have caught my imagination these two buildings i think we're going to talk about this more on the show soon i really hope we can find someone who can like put these two things in context but go take a look i've been watching them go up i think they're so interesting
0: and i will say uh you're being generous by calling that one looking like an aspen tree. I think people have been saying it looks like a cheese grater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can see that too. The guy I talked to the guy who's, who's uh, doing the project. He said it was supposed to look like an aspen tree.
0: I mean, it reminds me of the articulated wall conversation where people are like, what's yes. the
1: articulated
0: wall? And they're like, oh, the French fry stack. Yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. What are we um, actually going to call it? That's a good right. question.
0: <laughs> but uh, this is interesting to me to see this conversation about green G- making something green versus the aesthetics of making something like a building green so yeah. I, I will also be doing this little drive I like that idea Paul
1: alright what's yours Brie? Oh,
0: baby gosh. rave I'm going to the baby <laughs> rave <laughs> um, not just because I got a personal invite from Danny Newman owner of the Mercury Cafe who is hosting the baby rave Danny and I both have toddlers and he was like you gotta uh. drag your toddler out to this thing and uh, he, so it's a daytime dance party for people, uh, for toddlers. Um, adults must be accompanied by a child. So you can't just wander in as an adult. But uh, it's for kids five and under. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> sorry. I mean, it is right up your alley, Paul, because it's from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And you'll have already been up for five hours. So this could mm-hmm. be the mm-hmm. middle of your day. I'm but am uh... a little sleepy. <laughs> It's $5. Uh, adults are free, $5 for kids. And it's just an hour um, at the Mercury Cafe Saturday morning to get your wiggles out with a family-friendly friend- DJ. Um, kids are encouraged and adults to bring costumes, glow sticks, musical instruments.
2: Okay. Which All right. My,
0: my son came home this week with a violin that his papa gave him. So we'll maybe be taking our violin to this party or one of his drums or... He's really into fenders right now, pointing out fender guitars, fender bass. Mom, I'm playing a fender bass. So, um, this is, I don't know, this is for parents for sure, but I love the idea of being able to take your kids somewhere for a dance party that's just for them because kids are already have so much energy. This is great. Okay, that does Um, sound kind of fun. It's pretty, I think, once when Benicio's a little bit bigger, it's totally something you would like to do, I think uh jokingly though the flyer says anyone named molly gets in for free (laughs) so (laughs) Uh, Um, all right well (laughs) that's it we've got cookies and beer looking at buildings dancing babies lots of stuff happening this weekend but you can get more where that came from in the hey denver newsletter where peyton rounds up things to do every day of the week go to denver.citycast.fm and sign up for our newsletter hey denver peyton paul thanks so much for joining me.
2: Yeah, this was great.
0: Thanks, Bree. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why not take a minute to tell Greeley competitive eater Mary Bowers about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya. from the LA-based TikToker, YouTube star,